You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR to sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. It's finally playoff season, unfinished business season for the Avs. They're taking on the Predators, not till tomorrow. You get to watch other series today, but that's good for us because that means we get a day to sit here and break down the entire matchup and take a look at, uh, well, everything between the Avs and the Preds. I, I am now officially convinced, as a side note, that Yahir does just hate me and just is refusing to play the new intro that features me and Megan. <laughs> Confirmed. Yeah. I can't Twice. find it anywhere. I've been mm. looking for it for the last week. None of the other producers Magic. have a problem finding lost. it. That's so weird, yeah. Magic I deleted lost. my computer on purpose as soon as I got that intro. Yeah, I bet you did. There you go. So... Besides the intro, which is uh, our big problem, as Preds, first of all, should we talk about how we got here? Because pretty sure everyone was confident this was going to be Avs Dallas. Bro, up until about 30 minutes before it was Avs Nashville, everyone was pretty confident it was going to be Avs Dallas. Yeah, it had big, uh, it had big round two energy, San Jose and Colorado. We were expecting that to be Vegas because yeah. of that third period lead. And then, yep. you know, yep. that major penalty happened. And, uh, well, it's different now. Yeah. So you blew a yeah. four-goal lead to Arizona going into the playoffs. And not just, like, blew a four-goal lead, but gave up five. Like, all they had to do was just get to OT. And, like, like you could give up the goal and just get into overtime. and You'd be in Calgary right now. That that was that was the biggest reason why I was like I was fairly confident it was going to be Dallas because I was like eh, even if they do fully blow this lead, there's no way they'll blow five goals in, reg. in regulation. <laughs> I was like worst case Arizona ties this in like the last minute and we're looking for flights to Dallas. Nope. 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 Somehow Instead, you get to go hang out on Broadway. And yeah, I'm not allowed back in Nashville. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to. It. I've never been. I've heard it's uh, heard it's super fun. Uh, but yeah, dude, it's uh, it's crazy. I, I I'm I'm glad we. I seriously kind of like AJ. He was doing uh, like preview stuff. I had flights and hotels in Dallas and all that stuff. Like looked up on my phone. I was like, Ooh, close all, close all, close all. <laughs> I've been working on the stars preview for like a couple of days, just like putting together a couple of things that I wanted to to talk about. 
wasn't like super in depth, just like, oh, let's pick some stuff here, pick some stuff there, you know, the usual. Uh, when you start to preview these things, you get an idea. And I looked at the schedules and I was like, come on. <laughs> come on. Yeah. And yeah, here we are. And I'm I'm excited. Nashville was the team I wanted. There you go. Certainly, uh, maybe the biggest conversation is, as we can pull up, do we have Nashville's record? I think we do <clears throat> somewhere. Yeah, look at that. Two conversations here. One, yes, Nashville did go 3-1 and one against the Avs, but that does include an overtime win, a shootout win, and uh, the COVID game. Yep, uh, the 15-and-a-half-player roster for the Avalanche. So... <laughs> Not not exactly a ton to take out of the head-to-head series between this team, just given the situations. Not just the overtime. The overtime game that the Avs lost was the too-many-men call of <laughs> randomness. Yeah. And Dude, then... both, both of those games in Nashville this year were just so fluky for the Avs, the way that, yeah. they, the way that they went. Yeah. So I, I'm not taking anything out of the – the regular season series maybe not just because of the record but also doesn't seem like uc saros is going to be good to go for the series so yeah i'm uh so i'm sitting in the press box right now nashville is uh they should be coming out on the ice for their practice here any any time now water bottles are lined up there you know spare jerseys are on the bench and stuff so i'll definitely be uh i will pass along which uh what goaltenders are on the ice as soon as we see there you go. Yeah, as far as we know, and this is really kind of the story of the series, I think, uh, UC Soros is not going to be healthy enough yeah. for for this with the high ankle sprain. And yeah. anybody that's ever had a high ankle sprain can tell you that they are hell to live with. Uh, they don't. They, they, they get better, like, at a, like, glacial pace. <laughs> and for a goaltender like Soros, who's so undersized and has to rely a lot on athleticism. And mobility. Yeah, the that's like one of totally like that. Yeah, yeah, it's like one of those injuries where you're like, nope. Mm-mm. Like you're like, can can he have the torn labrum instead? Well, dude, it's it's so funny because like I remember several years ago, obviously, like the first time you hear the term high ankle sprain, you're like, oh, it's just a sprain, not that yeah. bad. <laughs> but like it's it's uh, was it Jack Eichel a few years ago missed an entire season with a high ankle sprain. Um, so yeah, like, I, I don't know, it, it'll be interesting. And, and it's going to be one of those things where if he does attempt to play through it, uh, assuming the high ankle sprain is what he's actually got. Cause I don't know if that's been like confirmed, confirmed by the team, but I think it's pretty reliable reporting. It's the um, time of year where nothing gets confirmed, confirmed. Right. So I just, I don't know. I think that's just such a, if he's going to try to play through it, I mean, you're going to be getting like a 75% UC Soros. And at that point, just go with David Riddich. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, and keep in mind, like UC Soros is a bunch of a, he's the reason that they're here to begin with. Did not finish the season particularly well mm-hmm. before the injury. So I know that there were some people that wanted to, well, well, Darcy Kemper you know, but the last three months of the, of the season, February, March, and April, UC Soros had save percentages of nine Oh four, nine eleven, and nine Oh two. So 
he had pretty well run out of gas there at the end. Um, so even if he does play, you're getting a compromised version of a guy who had not been playing very well. All right. Yeah. Uh, two things to mention. First, we dropped two new shirts today. Yes. Uh, I, I don't think we have a graphic for the pod, but maybe Yahir can bring up the tweet or something. Uh, one, our shirt in conjunction with Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, Dude, which I has love it so much. Howler on it looking absolutely amazing. You got to go get that one. And two, the shirt everyone has been looking for. We got a Nas shirt now. Uh, you can go on Twitter and find it there. I highly recommend you, you go look at the DNVR Avalanche Twitter and, and find the shirts that are amazing. As, as always, D-Line has outdone himself with, uh, with dope shirts. The orders are already in, so they should ship very, very quickly. Um, there we go. Look at that. He's got the graphic and everything. You can see the two shirts for the playoff run. They're dope. I don't. I don't. I don't know what else to say about them. They they're both awesome. So go get yourself some new shirts. Dude, the uh, the sunrise Nazem Kadri shirt makes me feel like we're about to play some like NBA Jam. <laughs> it's, it just it, what a game! What a game! Feel. It's it's like the most '80s shirt I've ever seen. Yeah. It. I'm. Yeah. It's. Like Hotline Miami levels of vaporwave. All right. Oh god. <laughs> uh, oh, Hotline Miami. That's a pull. Let's go. Uh, anyway, also number two, I did a Twitter poll chat, and Twitter told me I had to shave it before Monday, so I shaved it last night. And now we start the playoff beard. This you guys did this. All right. So blame yourselves if you don't like it. You're on your own on that front. Uh, on the opposite side of Nashville, you have the Avs record, which is, of course, the second best in the NHL. They set franchise records all over the place. They did not win 59 games. They won 56. Yeah, that's an upside-down number. Uh, close enough, though. Good effort. Good effort, production team. Produ- uh, production team absolutely under the gun after yeah, the... They had 24 hours to make like yeah. 80 of these. Yeah, after the after the NFL draft finished and they had three full days worth of shows. Brutal. Absolutely brutal to be on the production team I right now. I just wanted to give them a shout out because they got crushed this yep. last week. It, it's not been a, it's not been an easy week for them by any stretch. Still, the Avs, the best team in the West, coming in on the one seed. So, look, they are the heavy favorites in this series. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I, I guess we can get into this conversation of, do you think... Uh, we know the Avs put a lot of pressure on themselves to succeed. Do you think that's a good thing, or can it become a bad thing for them in this series? No, I think it's a great thing because they're going to be they they have all the external pressure already, and if they raise the bar internally to the point where they don't worry about whatever anybody says outside, look, the abs. If you were if the abs were doing a bracket challenge, all of the abs players would pick the abs to win it. Yep. What what could anyone that's not in that room or in that organization have to say to them? that adds to the pressure that they've already put on themselves with the expectation that they should win the whole thing this year. Yeah. I think it's good. uh, What AJ just said, they have talked about so much this year. And, and, you know, Jared Bednar has made that point that media NHL network, 
you know, <laughs> hockey night in Canada, no one is going to put more pressure on the abs than they put on themselves. And I actually asked Darcy Kemper about it this morning. Look, now we're here. Tomorrow, playoffs start. It's, it's you know, th- this is when the pressure gets turned up. One, I asked him, how, how is your mindset? And two, how much do you think that, you know, you guys benefit from the fact that you guys hold yourself to a higher standard than anyone else holds you to? And yeah, a- AJ nailed it. I mean, that's that's exactly what he said is, look, w- when we get into these moments, when it comes time for the big game, uh, you know, you're late in the game, whatever, nobody has higher expectations for us than, than we have for ourselves. So we don't feel any of that outside pressure. We don't feel any of the outside noise. We are just here playing for the guy that is sitting next to us. Um, and, and he's the one that I have, you know, my standards for not, not us, not the three of us, not, you know, the, the folks over at the Denver post, uh, one Oh four three fan, no one, they are doing it for the guy that is next to them. And I do think that's a big deal because like, I look at a team like Toronto, do you think they can say that they have more pressure? They put more pressure on them than anyone else puts. They put more pressure on themselves than anyone else puts on them. Nope. Like they, they feel the heat to win a first round. And that's part of why what we were talking about yesterday on, on, um, you know, these series preview videos, which head over to YouTube and check them out. Uh, you're already here, you know, how, probably. How, uh, yeah, yeah, stay on YouTube and check them out. Uh, <laughs> how is Toronto going to handle it when they're up 2-0 in a series and suddenly Tampa wins a game or they find themselves trailing in a series? You know, Nathan McKinnon, and I'm actually going to post uh, the full availability that we got today. Uh, it was Darcy Kemper and uh, Val Nachushkin and then uh, McKinnon and Landeskog. Yeah, dude. Um, I, bet, I bet I bet Val had lots to say. I, I give him credit because he tried. He tried on multiple questions, but um, there's a lot of guys who say they don't speak very good English. Doing availability, Val does not speak very good English. So yeah, he uh, he tried. Um, but you know, Nate said something that was actually really interesting to me. He was talking about obviously the series starting tomorrow and wanting to get off to a good start. And he goes, look, we want to win. We want to get off to a good start. But if we don't win tomorrow, no worries. We have to win four. We're not going to let ourselves get buried by the moment. And, and I thought that was a really interesting statement because a team that is feeling outside pressure does not have that mentality. <laughs> if we lose a game, oh, well, we just got to move on and get past it. That's a that's a dude who thought that they were in the third round last year after they were up to nothing. Yep. 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 Uh, and and by the way, Darcy Kemper also said, you know, someone asked him about your play dipped along with the rest of the team for the last couple of weeks. And he goes, yeah, truthfully, we were probably looking ahead to playoffs a little bit more than we should have. And uh it's just I'm 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 constantly impressed by the mental maturity of this team and just their overall mindset and outlook towards a lot of this stuff where it's just so different than what I think it would have been in the past. And AJ, you're right. Like they got up two nothing on Vegas and they were like, Cool. We're out of this one on to who I wonder who we're gonna get in the in the conference finals. And or a semifinals last year, I guess it yeah. technically especially, was. Especially because they swept the Blues. So they're 6-0 and in the postseason. And they're <laughs> like, we on our way, girl. This is it. Yep. 
And so I just thought that was an interesting statement and it just kind of goes hand in hand with what we're talking about. I think teams that are feeling the pressure um, wouldn't have that mindset of, you know, their mindset is we have to get off to a good start. We have to win game one, get out ahead in this series. The Avs are like, look, we want to win game one. We're here prepared to win game one, but we know this is going to be a battle all the way. And, and they're right. prepared for it. I, I love the answer. I hope that it's correct. I hope if the Evs do find themselves down a game or two in a series that they keep that same energy. And yep. they, they stay confident and they keep playing their game. We are brought to you, of course, by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Uh, you can get it at any local liquor store in the lower 48. You can also find it at the DNVR bar, eight different kinds on tap. I've already gotten a bunch of DMs from a bunch of people that are like, I'm coming to town. I'm coming to the bar. So if you're coming to the bar for a playoff game, you might want to get there a little bit early if you want a seat. It could be standing room only. Just giving you a warning right now. Of course, Breckenridge Brewery also helped sponsor us for that a howler shirts that you saw earlier on the show. They're collabing with us on that. They got some other stuff we got in the works too, that you're going to want to check out. Uh, but yeah, that one on the left there, the, the Colorado playoff shirt, Breckenridge brewery collabing with us on that. So give them some props, shout out for the shirt. They're amazing. Uh, highly, highly recommend you get some Breck brews and the shirt. And then you go over to DraftKings Sportsbook. use code DNVR. And we sign up for a new account. You can still bet $5 on any basketball playoff game and get given $150 uh, jump on that train to get $150 to go bet on the abs to win the cup or lose the cup. If we have those like five dudes that love to be in our chat to just shit talk the abs. If, if that's you, you can bet against the abs, I guess either way you can still use the DNVR code. It's great odds. Yeah. <laughs> you would get really good odds. That is true. I, I think the abs are like minus 500 in this round one series. So pretty ridiculous uh, head on over to DraftKings. use the dnvr code must be 21 or older colorado only other terms restrictions and conditions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details of course if you have a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 there you go megan is betting against the apps confirmed <laughs> uh Second period. That's selfish. She just wants a new hook to go down and play for the Eagles as they take the Calder Cup. True. She knows what she's after. That's all. That's uh, all that is. Uh, second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Let's get into Nashville's top scorers here because Nashville is maybe the only team, or certainly one of the few teams in the league that has a defenseman that can keep up with Kale McCarr. Roman Yossi with 96 points this year. Depending on who you ask, he's probably going to win the Calder. The uh, Norris. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, the Norris. Can you imagine if a rookie D put up 96 points? Oh, my God. No, I can't. Because <laughs> I didn't watch Bobby Orr play. Uh, but it's not just that Roman Yossi played extremely well. It's also that Nashville for years and years and years and years has run their de- their offense through their defense. So Roman Yossi, obviously a key component there. The question is, and this is, the, I think, going to be the question for many of Nashville's top scorers, can they keep up what they're doing in the playoffs? Yeah, well, I think you ask that question based on just percentages. Correct. Because if you go and you look at those top scores, 
almost all those guys had career years in terms of shooting percentages and not by a little bit. Not like, not in like some cases, like 10%. Not, <laughs> it's not like, a, oh, he's a, he's a 11% shooter and he had a 13 and a half percent shooting season where you're like, it's pretty normal variance there. Like those things happen. Uh, no, we're talking about a slew of dudes here who had 19, 20% shooting percentage seasons. We are scoring on every fifth shot. Imagine if Nathan McKinnon scored every fifth shot. You'd <laughs> be pressing yeah, 70 goal scorers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll yeah. Well, so I mean, we, we've... The Preds are on the ice. Yep. We can yeah. Sorry. I can, I can mute my mic when I'm not talking. No, it's just, it's great background. <laughs> okay. Good. Um, yeah, they're they're starting to trickle out here. Um, but you know, we we've talked a lot about and we referenced the thirteen, <clears throat> excuse me, the thirteen fourteen abs a lot, partially because it's close to home and everyone's familiar with it, right? It was a really lucky season, right? Right, <laughs> and and obviously that's not you know unanimous when it comes to guys having career years and high shooting percentages. They always you know revert back, but. Again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refer to the movie Moneyball, not necessarily the entire situation, because when they get eliminated near the end of the movie, the like dialogue that plays over top, it's supposed to be a sports talk, uh, you know, radio or whatever. They're talking about how, you know, averages and percentages and all that stuff hold up over a season. But like when you drill down into these moments, are these players actually – that good and you sit there and you look at some of these guys and you know minnesota's some of the same but we're not you know not talking about them but like with nashville i don't remember what you had said ryan johansson was shooting at this year relative to like his career i believe and it's his like career yeah, was like 11 9 and he's right and he's 22. over 20 yeah it's like insane so it's like that's great that's awesome good for you um Coming into this season, 10.8%, and he shot 22 this year. Raised his shooting percentage on his career by a whole percentage point this yeah, year. Yeah, basically double of who what his entire career says he is as a shooter. He doubled it this year. So it's like, that's awesome. You had a lot of things go right for you. Is it possible that things keep going right for you and pucks keep bouncing your way in the playoffs? Sure. Yeah, that's that's possible. It's also possible that I could jump off of this, you know, press box and land on my feet and walk out of here. It's not likely, that, but it's possible. I, I don't see that. Yeah, <laughs> we'll try that one. Uh, you know what? To I, prove a point, I'm going to go ahead and do it, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> I said this in our roundtable, which I don't know if it's posted yet or if it went up or, or what. Yep. P.S. Get a DNVR Avalanche membership. Get an annual membership to go see all of our written content, which we have a ridiculous amount of. I said the same thing. My biggest fear for the abs against Nashville in this series is that Nashville's the team of destiny that just every puck bounces their way. Like it has been for a lot of the season. And if it does, you tip your cap and you say, it's just that team's year. That's the only thing that scares me with Nashville is that they're luckier. Everything else. Yeah. I think the abs can handle it. Yeah, no, I, 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 I honestly agree. Um, all right, so we've got two goalies out here now, and neither of them are UC Soros. Guys are still trickling out, but as of right now, no UC Soros on the ice. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, that's exactly it, right? Like, again, go back to that 13, 14 abs. The, the pull, the goalie magic kept working for the first couple games, and, you know, things just kind of kept going right. 
It is really tough, though, to build a game plan around things continuing to go right. And I think you're right, Ruta, that when you drill down to it, all things are equal. You know, let, you know, saying all things are equal, each team gets the same amount of bounces, things go your way in this game, whatever. I, I just don't know without a lot of things breaking their way if Nashville can hang with the abs long enough. I, I, I really do. AJ, you and I have talked about this a few times. Uh, this series feels so similar to the 2017 series between these two teams, just with the roles almost identically reversed. And, even you know, even down to the year eighth seed being playing their backup goaltender. Like right. it's it's some really weird parallels. And and I just I have a feeling that this series is gonna go very similar to how that one did, but again in reverse. Where the abs hung in there. They they played a really strong, good series. And and they they hung tough and they forced Nashville to to you know to put everything out there. Um, but in the end, that abs team just couldn't stack up and, and, yeah. you know, they, they had a, they had a, a huge effort in game five to push it to game six. Um, otherwise, you know, everyone kind of thought that one was done in five. That's how I see this series. I think Nashville has the, the ability to push it to six. If they get things to go their way and they get the right bounces and, and they, they work their asses off, um, I, I just think the abs are too good for, for this Nashville team to skate with them legitimately for seven games. Just as we can bring up the abs top scores, just for reference for as well as Nashville shot, they had five 20 plus goal scores, goal scores this season. Granted two of them hit 40, but the abs have seven 20 plus goal scores this year. Uh, Obviously, everyone on the top scorers list is a 20-goal score for the Avs with Miko and McKinnon being 30. And then you also have uh, Landeskog on that list, scored 30 in 51 games, by the way. If you're talking about someone who was hot this year, Landy shot 20% when he was healthy. Uh, and then you also have Val Nachushkin at 25 goals. So the Avs, no shortage of production on their side. Again, you guys kind of already talked about this. What the Avs are doing, I think, feels a little bit more sustainable in the playoffs, yeah? Yeah, and it's not so reliant. It's not like, oh my, we have to we have to get our top guys. Because if you're if you're looking at Nashville, it has to come from their top guys because their depth has such a drastic fall off as you go down that lineup. You go down Colorado's lineup, you just put up you, you just mentioned they had seven guys that scored 20 goals this year. Well, JT Comfort had 18. Arturi Lekkinen had 19. Not only, I think, six of those were in Colorado. But you're you're talking about they got production down their lineup. And then depth guys. Like, Alex Newick has 13 goals. Nicholas Abe-Coupel gave them 11 goals and may not even be in the lineup. Like, you're, you have... You have depth guys down your lineup, 30-point seasons. Not only that, but you have a you have a defense that Roman Yossi scored 96 points. Ruto, do you have the the Preds roster pulled up? Yes, I do. Did the rest of Nashville's defense 
score 96 points combined? Uh, I think so. Ekholm had 31. So that's so they went from 96 to 31. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big drop for their second production guy. <laughs> uh, it it would be close if you really counted every defensive point because like I don't have their hockey ref, I just have their roster. I I can bring mm-hmm. up their hockey ref and see. Okay, they, I mean the guys, they sent down. The point is, is that the there's line. a huge gap there. Yeah, there's a like Roman Yossi had an unbelievable season and he's he's great, but. There's a huge gap in their defensive scoring, and that's not the case at call. I mean, it, it kind of is because Kale McCarr at 86 points, Devon Taves is next at 57. But a 57 point season from a defenseman is nothing to sneeze at. I'll say 57 is also a long way from 31 in terms of yeah. like disparity. It's also 57 in 66 games. So I looked it up now. The rest of Nashville's defense scored 95 points. <laughs> there you go. Whereas the you look at the rest of Colorado's defense, Sam Girard on a down year had 28 points in 67 games. Eric Johnson gave them 25 points. Bowen Byram gave him 17 points in 30. Yep. It's just significantly more production. Like... That you look at, you look at just the defensive production, and you're saying, okay, they're Colorado's top four defenders are producing at at a at a really like the their top their top pairing is essentially a second line, and then after that you have uh, you have like four third and fourth line production out of out of your defense out of out of second and third pairing defense. So it's it's it, the abs are just that much deeper. It's not just production; it's goals. Obviously, Roman Yossi had twenty three for Nashville. Ekholm was next with six. They have a couple with three and a couple with one. Their defense just doesn't score a lot of goals. This is a lot of points from their defense that are passing it to dudes that are shooting twenty percent this year. Yeah, and that's how that's how you get a Tanner Janot. Like who's this guy breakout season? Yep. And whereas you look at you look in at Colorado's defense, and Sam Gerrard had five goals, and you're like, okay, Bowen Byram in 30 games had five goals, and we we constantly saw him pushing play to the point where you look at Bowen Byram 17 points in 30 games and think I might actually feel a little bit low for how well he played at times. Yep. EJ. And, of Devontae's with 13 goals. Look, and I know that I know that's not why he's here, but Josh Manson had seven points in 22 games. He had nine points all season in Anaheim. Yeah, like you said, it's <clears throat> it's not why he's here, but Nathan McKinnon, t- he was talking about the depth today and specifically singled out Josh Manson in terms of the defensive depth. And and he goes, obviously, we've got you know Kale and Taser, but like he mentioned. Josh, Josh Manson has been – he's had a couple games where he struggled, but he's been really good. And to your point, AJ, he was not brought in to contribute offensively, but has contributed plenty offensively for, for what it is that you're looking for out of him. And, and again, like we just – we, we keep going back to guys come in here and they just get better. There is something about this system that, that the abs run that really does just 
bring out the best in a lot of these guys that, that we're seeing come in here over the last couple of years. And Josh Manson, I think, is another great example where I think he's been very good in his own end. And like you said, dude's got seven points since he showed up here. That yeah. was not what you were expecting to get out of him when you – that's not why you went out and got him. Yeah, and like if he, has, if he has seven points in the playoff run, you're ecstatic. Right. You're oh, like, oh you're... my god! But it, it's it just it just shows you like there's there's a legitimate depth to to what they do, but it's also not all offense. It's not this is not an all gas no breaks kind of team. Yep. The Avalanche the Avalanche play a, a more surprisingly uh, controlled yeah and a more a more versatile style than they get credit for a lot of people are have have pointed to nashville's penchant for physicality as the reason that they're going to be able to hang with the avalanche oh they're going to hit them okay do you do, do did you not watch colorado this year because this is a colorado team that's fine with that they'll hit you back it's also just not accurate i looked this up because i knew this was going to come up uh avalanche average size for the team this year 6-1-199 nashville's average size this year 6-1-198 they're the exact same size they're not bigger they're not heavier these are two teams that are at worst evenly matched physically for the abs and i'm I think- just it's just not a concern because you go you go and look at the lineup and you're like okay so Nashville, Nashville has some guys down its lineup that will hit you, but you look at like their top guys, that top unit: Philip Forsberg, Matthew Shane, and Mikhail Granlund. That's soft against against Nachushkin, McKinnon, and Miko Rantanen. Girl, please. <laughs> yep. Like, are I... you are you kidding me with that? Those are your tip top guys. And like you go down Colorado's defense, and they aren't like they aren't like prodigious. Like they they aren't going to throw up huge hits numbers on defense. But like Kale McCarr, how many how many C four depth charges has he dropped on a dude this year? That just unsuspecting is like, oh, it's Kale McCarr, and then he knocks that dude into next week, and that guy's like, hmm, that was not a great decision in my life. <laughs> but Kale McCarr, Kale McCarr, Eric Johnson, Bowen Byram. All of those, and obviously Josh Manson, all of those guys will hit you. Yep. Devon Taves and Sam Gerrard are not going to, they're not like Taves will engage physically, but he's not a guy that like blows anybody up. And like Gerrard will only hit fellow small stars. He knows, he knows his bag. He sees a little fellow coming along and he gets uppity about it and he likes to blow those guys up. But anybody else, like Sammy G knows better. <laughs> he's not doing any of that. Hey, look. Eli Tolvanen coming down the wing. Oh, dude. Eli Tolvanen's got to keep his head on a swivel because Sam Gerrard coming. (laughs) Sam Gerrard's going to pick him out of that lineup and be like, oh, you're my height? This is happening. Uh, Oh, shit. I totally lost my train of thought because you're so right about Sam Gerrard. Oh, did you even mention Gabe Landeskog in that? In terms of like the physicality? No, I didn't go through. I didn't go through the whole forward core, but the entire forward core, like, the whole point of like the Jost Sturm thing was that you got a much more physical player that fits a lot more naturally in your bottom six. And and he's been great at that. You look at Nico Sturm since he got here. He's been he's been great at what they've asked him to do. You look at Nicholas Abe Kubel, you look at Logan O'Connor, you look at Andrew Cogliano, all of those guys will get physical with you. 
JT Comfer, Alex Newhook, nah. but Gabe Landeskog, Nazem Kadri, and Arturi Lekkinen. Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, and I mentioned the top line, so add that oh, to the yes, top yeah. line. All of those, all of the guys, like Nachushkin's not a like a blow you up with big hits, but you can't watch him play and say that he doesn't play with physicality. Well, that's, that's to me, that's kind of like Comfort, to, you know, more so with, with Nachushkin. But like Comfort is one of those guys where like you said, yeah, he's not going to go, you know, dropping guys with. He's not afraid to go to the front of the net. He's not afraid to get into board battles. Like yeah. you, you just, I, I do just think it is so overblown that, Oh, you got to play them physical. I, I've said it a bunch of times. This team reminds me of Tampa from two years ago. They will let you set the pace. They will let you dictate the style and then they'll beat you at that. Well, if you're about to take a big hit, make sure you're taking it off of something you bought from Lightshade. So jump on Lightshade, get 20% off when you use code DNVR. <laughs> At checkout, you can check out online at lightshade.com, one of their 11 locations in the Denver metro area. And if you're taking too many big hockey hits, they got a skate artist for you. The number one topical brand in Colorado. They have a bunch of different products ranging from one to one, CBD to THC, all the way up to 20 to one. It's super easy to use. You just rub it on wherever you're bothering, whether it's like your wrist, maybe a knee, maybe you took a took a shot to the midsection. You can just rub it in there. It starts working within 10 to 15 minutes. Super fast, super easy. Escape artists got to jump on it over at Lightshade. They also have various other products in Q, including their transmucosal speed strips to strip you dissolve in your mouth and escape artist infused joints plenty of other stuff to go check out if you have joint pain and things like that so jump on it get yourself some escape artists at lightshade again 11 locations now open in the denver metro area also be sure to subscribe uh, to the dnvr youtube channel and like the video here that helps us out a ton uh, if you haven't looked there are eight other videos to watch that we dropped today, including playoff previews for all of the series that include graphics like you've seen on this show and highlights because we're allowed to do that on non-live shows. So go look at all the highlights. Go look at all the series. Go make fun of us when you think our predictions are dumb. Uh, and we also have a two-hour-long bonus pod from Jesse and AJ who had talked about all of the storylines that we didn't really talk about much this season. So... Go check that out, too, if you want to hear their thoughts on the league as a whole and all the dope stuff that happened this year. Uh, it's it's a good little debrief, debrief pod before the playoffs really get going. So check those out. Like, subscribe here at DNVR. We hit 20K on DNVR, which is awesome. I want to be at at least 21K by the time the playoffs are over. They go the full two months. It should be more than that. But I'm setting reachable goals. Uh, okay. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Let's talk X Factors. Bring one up, Yahir. So I put Gabe Landeskog here. I am going to give AJ time to talk about Alex Newhook also because I'm sure he does. But I put Gabe Landeskog because I think he's one of the bigger question marks going into this series. He wasn't able to get into a regular season game. We're not 100% sure how healthy, how good he looks. Jesse, I know he talked today, so I'm sure you have something to say from the interview. Where are we at with Gabe? Yeah, no, I mean, he he looks, he looks good to go. He was adamant that he is good, 100% healthy. Um, he said that it was an injury that, kind of like we've known all along. So there wasn't any one game where something happened that made it worse. Um, it was something that was uh, getting progressively worse throughout the season. 
Um, and they just felt it was time uh, for, for him to, uh, you know, go get that taken care of before it got really bad. But, no, I mean, he's 100% good to go. He's skated full participant with the team the last couple days. Um, I think there's a couple X factors in this series. But, honestly, Rudo, I, I actually really like this one because especially the way they've got the lines configured right now, he is going to kind of be the big gun on that second line. And, you know, we were talking about matching up earlier. You know, AJ was saying – McKinnon, Granton, and Nachushkin versus Nashville's top guys. Cool. You you want to match your top guys with that line? Sweet. The Avs will roll Landis, God, Kadri, and one other, uh, Lekkinen, Burakovsky, whoever. Um, and, and that's going to be a tough line to handle. So he's, he's going to go. Who do we like there in that spot, in that third spot on that second line next to Landis, God, and Kadri, assuming that Kadri is healthy enough for tomorrow? It, so this is not the answer to your question. If it was up to me, I would have Nachushkin there and Burakovsky with Nico and Nate. With it as it's currently constructed, I like them starting with Lekin in there. Um, just because that kind of gives you the same look as as a Nachushkin, where it's just like that's kind of your true shutdown line. You so match that. Make your third line too soft with Burakovsky, New Hook, and Comfer. So that's part of why I would flip the other one. I, I, I don't know because like it, it's it's one of those things where I I think Lekkonen goes on that line better. I think that's a better fit. But also that is by a mile the most skill Alex Newhook will have as a line mate um, all <laughs> yeah. season. So yeah. like you sit there and it's like okay maybe you start it that way and if you're getting what you need from a shutdown perspective out of that second line and your fourth line then okay, you're fine with Newhook and Burakovsky just kind of teeing off. And, um, you know, that that kind of becomes like a really JV version of the three-headed monster um, where, you know, Burakovsky's maybe your McKinnon where he's just like the raw shooter. Newhook's your, your setup guy but has scoring ability like Miko. And then Comfer is kind of your dig it out down low. Um, so I'm fine starting it that way, but I like Lekkonen on that third line better. Question will be, I think, uh, because I don't think that John Hines and Nashville are going to want to go top on top. I don't think they're going to want to go best on best because I think they know they'll lose that, and that's their best chance to win. Uh, so do if you consider if you consider that they would want to avoid the top line on top line matchup. Now, going to be hard to do in Denver because Bednar gets to Bednar gets to pick that matchup. He gets to dictate that matchup, and he likes best on best. And when you have a very, very, very good top line like Colorado, of course you like best on best. But which of those alignments is best suited to handle Nashville's top line if they if they are able to get that top line away from McKinnon? I, I think it's Gabe, Nuke, and Kadri for me. Yeah. Okay. Well. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. On, lucky oh, on the third of line. What yeah. Is, yeah. Um, I, I think it's probably Gabe, Kadri, and Lekkinen. Okay. If they try and go after that third line, if they try and pick that third line, then if if they try and go Burakovsky, Newhook, Comfer, whichever combination, because that line could easily be. Well, you know, I, I think that line probably will be New Hook and then Comfort at center and Burakovsky on the right wing. Um, 
But if they try and pick that line, can that line handle the defensive responsibility against that top Nashville line? Can it just survive is what I'm asking. So I think the answer is probably not, but the real answer is Bednar can switch that up mid-flight. He'll so, just he'll just drop Lucky down to that line if that's the way things are going. And well, that's, so, that's the thing is does is is swapping Lekkinen and Burakovsky enough of a chess yeah. move so that you can live with it? Do, at that point, then you're comfortable with either matchup. Is Lekkinen the chess piece there that makes the difference in that matchup? I, I don't know if you love it, but I think it'll get you by at least. And I think getting by is a fair. Is, yeah. is like your goal in that situation. Right. Well, and, and, if and it's think, the third line they target, if it's the I second think, line, I think you can just live with it. I think the other thing too, that this, and maybe this is Colorado's real X factor in all of this and where Jared Bednar just has such a trump card, assuming everything stays healthy. Depending on what deep pairing you roll out with that third line, like if, if you get into Nashville and you see that they are trying to target that third line, Okay, cool. Then you just make sure every time you roll that third line, you're rolling them with Makar and Taves, and or or Manson Gerard. And I think suddenly you feel much better about it, even in the construction of Burakovsky, Comfer, Newhook. I don't think that's the ideal forward line you want trying to play the shutdown, but with that combination combined with one of those two top D pairings, I, I think you feel pretty good about it. Yep. Uh, all right. Do want to get to the Nashville X factor? Cause I know Yahir has got to go pretty soon. Uh, on Nashville side, I essentially took their version of Alex Newhook as the X factor and also noted loved player by AJ Hayfley, Phil Tomasino. <laughs> good rookie year for him. Solid. Yeah. Well, it's respectable. Um, his role, I think, is going to be interesting in the postseason uh, because I there I I don't know what their alignment is going to be lines wise beyond that top line, and I yeah. think their fourth line is pretty set um, with McCarran and uh, Luff and, and Tolvanen. Um, but I I don't know uh, if Tomasino is going to be next to Johansson and Cunning or if he's going to be down with Colton Sissons and Tanner Chanel. Because if they go Janot with Sissons and Tomasino, that's a really Tomasino's a real misfit there. But if he's next to Johansson and Cunning, he's kind of the offensive spark. Um, but with his with his speed and transition ability, he really opens it up for a lot more for two more deliberate players than Johansson and Cunning. And so I think he's a good X factor because he is. Uh, he's got the kind of speed that matches up really nicely against Colorado. And he could kind of be the lesser, uh, a poor man's version of Chandler Stevenson, what Chandler Stevenson does in Vegas, not in the middle of the ice where Stevenson has been a little miscast. I, I say miscast, but he's been so successful that maybe this was his job all along that they should have had him at. But uh, I think he can have Tomasino can have that kind of an impact, kind of a Chandler Stevenson esque impact on their forward core with his with it with game breaking speed and and sort of the offensive flair that he possesses in a lineup that just honestly lacks that kind of game breaking ability lacks the ability to put up put the put a puck in the net just on a on a big rush 
you don't expect that from guys like Colton Sissons and Yakov Trenin. That's he's part of the reason I picked him as an X factor is, is exactly that is we've talked about it. Nashville's depth doesn't look like it should be able to hold up against Colorado's. If you get a big series out of someone like a Tomasino that can help push the depth in the right direction for Nashville. Yeah. Uh, on, on the flip side, as chat is already throwing out who they think should be the X factors, there's like six dudes you could pick on the abs that are the X factor in this series. I <laughs> Yeah. I mean, Colorado's defense is so deep right now. Uh, Jesse at practice, have they, have they been doing that? Have they actually been playing in pairs or have they been doing that? We've got nine defensemen. So everybody plays with everybody and you don't get yep. to know anything. And, and, and it's, it's honestly the last couple of days have been a lot of like warm up you know, really high energy drills and then straight into special teams work. Yeah. I'm not surprised by this. So yeah, they're not doing real systems work anymore. So right, right, right. right. You don't Um, know them yet. You're just never going to know. I'm fairly confident. It's going to be, um, Taves, McCarr, McCarr, Taves, Gerard Manson. And then he, Bednar has maintained pretty firm that, from there it's going to be kind of a toss-up for that bottom pairing whichever guys are playing the best obviously you know i think byram is there slots in pretty automatically um and then i think we are going to see a healthy rotation of eric johnson jack johnson ryan murray um ryan murray bednar keeps talking about a lot that he's getting closer getting closer getting closer um he was playing his best hockey of the year right before he got hurt Mm -hmm. um so I wouldn't be surprised if they wanted to give him a look in there early on. Um, but Bednar keeps maintaining, if we go where we want to go, we're going to need everybody. Um, so we'll get a healthy dose of everyone. But I feel fairly confident in saying that top four is pretty set. McCarr, Taves, yeah. Gerard, Manson. I think I think that's it. And I think that Byram and EJ is, is where it's going to start. And I think if you actually dig into how those guys have played with each other in the really, really, really small samples that exist with that, uh, with, with that alignment, the results have been really, really good um, overall. It's just the, the big mistake with both Manson has hurt him in his time here so far. And with Eric Johnson, you're kind of just trying to figure out which which Eric Johnson you getting on that yeah, day? You never know. Yeah. So uh, I think that I think that that's where they start. I do agree that you're you're good enough back there that you're probably going to see a rotation. And I really think that I think Jared Bednar because I asked about Ryan Murray when they were in Winnipeg, and he said probably not for game one but he's definitely an option when he's good to go. And so I think he's antsy. I think he saw how well Ryan Murray was playing. And that was the first time that we really saw Ryan Murray play up to his potential in Colorado for those couple of games. And so it's easy to dream on that. But if you put him next to Byram, it's really easy to dream on that third pairing being much, much better than almost any other third pairing that they are going to see in the, in the postseason, And certainly that third pairing would chew up and even with Eric Johnson is has should chew up whatever Nashville throws out on their third pairing. So other things to talk about in this series, AJ, did you want to get into the special teams numbers at all? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's an important part of the conversation. We always joke about, oh, well, penalties go away in the playoffs. It's not true. Uh, penalties actually go up in historically in the postseason, just from a data standpoint. It's like a 6% increase uh, in penalties per game. So that's going to matter. And where these teams are, it's actually kind of funny. They're basically identical. Um, in power play percentage, they finished sixth and seventh. Nashville was at 24.4. Colorado was at 24 even uh, on the power play. And on the penalty kill, Colorado all got all the way to 15th. Keep Drag in mind that yeah. January 14th, they were 31st in the NHL. They got all the way to 15th and finished at 79.7. Nashville at 79.2, finished 18th. The big difference is, is that Colorado draws a ton of penalties, and uh, Nashville has a penalty-taking problem. Yep, uh, They led the NHL in uh, penalties by a mile. They took 391 penalties this year. 357 was the next closest. Now, a lot of majors in there. Sure. Um, because yeah, they I, 58 fights or something. Insane. Yeah, they had they had a lot of fights. So when you get it, when you when you filter it out and only get into minor penalties only, still at the top of the NHL, but tied with Boston. Okay, so not as egregious, but still bad. But yeah, like still like you, Colorado's 12th in the NHL in, in minor penalties taken. So, so a significant difference there. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's a thing. Uh that's that's a thing to consider. Um Nashville also did lead the league in penalties drawn, but again, that factors in majors and the fights. Which are canceled out every time. Yeah, which get canceled out. The Avs were fourth in uh penalties drawn, but only had twenty two majors. <laughs> yep. So yeah. Yeah, and Blaze, I have not gone back and looked in, um, like, stretch, like 10 games. Bias, yeah. Yeah, I haven't gone to look at the 10-game stretches yet. Um, I'm still working on that stuff. But I do think that's how we should really measure these things, is in 10-game samples. Because, because they're just so streaky. Yeah, yeah, exactly, because special teams are the streakiest parts of teams, the streakiest aspects, which makes sense because they only get a couple of minutes per game and, you know. Sometimes not even that. Sometimes you get an 0 for 1 on a power play and you had 11 seconds of power play time. Uh, Yeah. All right. Anything else we wanted to touch on? I see chat talking about the cadre factor a little bit, but we can Yeah, I mean, I would say I would say I'll, I am fully down to open up the floor to chat to ask any questions that they have about the series, anything that we might be concerned about, any any keys to the series like uh this is it this is the first big matchup. You know, last year it was how are they going to handle Ryan O'Reilly and what what were the Blues going to do with the Ryan O'Reilly chess piece? For three games, Ryan O'Reilly went head-to-head with Nathan McKinnon and got the shit kicked out of him. And then in the fourth game, they avoided him completely. They avoided that matchup completely, and Ryan O'Reilly ended up producing really quality underlying numbers, and the Blues still got the shit kicked out of them. Because they just weren't very good. I'm I th- I see something similar this year, uh, in that the the forward group from Nashville is too top heavy. Um, 
that that Colorado's top guys should be able to at least cancel out Nashville's top guys. And if you get into the battle of the depth, the abs are much better suited uh, in that both uh, both at forward and on defense. And in net, obviously, Darcy Kemper versus UC Soros would have been a good matchup. But Darcy Kemper versus probably Dave, Big right? Dave. Yeah, Big yeah. Dave, Dave. Not as good. I, I mean, come on. It's you're just you're just asking too much of the guy at that point. The only the only thing I was gonna add was uh Colton Sisson should be Nashville's X Factor. Yeah. Got dude, that he's got the magic. Dude, he's he's <laughs> Joe Pavelski light. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he is if you go and you look at his career, uh I think he's it's like he has a handful of he has three hat tricks in his career. One, the most recent one was against the Abs. Doofs asks, "How do we feel about what Duchesne did. against the Abs?" I always think about Duchesne scoring on us and us putting up what four within minutes after that. I, think uh, I any... believe it was eight in nine minutes. Yeah. Yeah, it was a yeah, it was outrageous. Uh, I think there's any bad blood there. Yeah. So well, so so th- this was also something that was asked this morning at at availability. Um, to to Nate and Gabe and you know again I, I really do just get the sense that they aren't concerned that I don't think they hold any bad blood uh you know Nate was very compliment you know, complimentary of of uh Duchesne you know had a great year this year good for him huge breakout he needed a change and he's like when we got we got a good return we aren't concerned about that at all so I don't think they the, I don't think the players care too much, but I think there's definitely something in it for the fans. And for Matt Duchesne, like, you are going to get the most determined version of Matt Duchesne that you will ever get. Um, one, not only because of who he's playing, but two, like, he knows that everyone's saying this is a fluky year for him. It'll never happen again. It's not sustainable. You know, yada, yada. So, like, he'll be – He'll have some jump, but yeah, I do think he's going to get booed every time he touches the puck for sure. I don't believe them flat out. I think there's bad blood. Um, and I don't like, there's like four guys remaining from that, from those. Yeah, there's teams. not a lot. Yeah. But I think, I think that there were some, there were some, there was, there was a deep riff. Some hurt feelings for yeah. sure. And I, and I think that, like that's not their primary motivation. Like Nathan McKinnon doesn't have a picture of Matt Duchesne on his wall. Like we're gonna crush you, and it's like <laughs> yeah. damn. he punches every time he leaves the room. But okay. yeah, it's like not like that. But I absolutely think that it's gonna make it just a little bit sweeter when they win each of the games. That they're just like, yeah, what, what? Like you wanted out of here. This is what you got. Where's your career been? How many playoff games have you won in that time? You know, like I do think, I do think that there is a, there's an element there. And I think that, I think that if, yeah, like if, if he rolls down, he rolls down the wing, I don't think Eric Johnson's going to have any issues putting him into the wall. And he'll probably, Uh, he'll probably think it's the greatest thing in the world and move on. You know, I think he'll, he'll be, it'll be great. Rusko asked who gets assigned Forsberg, who gets the assignment to shut him down. That should be Taves and Makar. They should they should hunt that as hard as they can, and they sh- Colorado should try and go best on best. No need to get cute. They should yeah. try and go best on best, and it should be Taves and Makar. As soon as he gets out there, 
Um, as soon as as soon as the Grandland line, Forsberg, Grandland, Duchesne, as soon as those guys get out there, over the board comes come comes Taves and McCarr all series long. That should be the that should be a hard matchup for for Colorado, uh, because you have you have essentially one of the top three or four pairings in the entire NHL erase their top line and make the make somebody else on that team find a way to beat you. Yeah. Uh, all right. I don't see too many more questions. Rob, with the with the meme, how many too many men penalties do the abs get called for? I'll say one in the series. There you go. And I bet it's in Nashville. All right. So let's uh, let's get to wrapping this thing up with prediction time. We have a graphic. Thankfully, everyone picked Colorado, but we have pretty varying numbers here. Yeah, we have Megan with the bold claim that it's somehow going to go six games. <laughs> six? I, I, Like I said earlier, I could see it getting to six if one of the games breaks really well for Nashville. Um, I yeah, just or if they get like what Colorado got in that series where right. Andrew Hammond made like 45 right. saves and right. it was a total fluke win. Yeah, and so like that that type of stuff, I could, I could see this getting to six games, but but I really do. I think this will be a hard fought series that the Avs just are better in. If Saros was healthy, I think six is totally reasonable. I Saros, it's really hard for me to get there. I think it's. uh, I think I think we're gonna see like a six to one win tomorrow. Like I think they're going to help Nashville in game one. Come out heavy, yeah, because they're gonna they're going to come out like absolutely on fire and they're going to be the deepest, most complete lineup that they've had all season long. And I just think, I just think they're going to set the tone for the series where they're like, you guys don't belong in the same building as us. I, I just think it's going to be. And then from there, I think it'll get a lot more competitive, but if the first period tomorrow is tied at the end of it, I think it's a letdown. Megan uh, standing up for her own choices here. Uh, I picked the sweep because sweeps are fun. As far as I'm concerned, the abs are looking to go for two for two for first round sweeps. So why not keep the streak alive? All right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. The real politics bringing up this, we talked about this after game 82. They won like eight or nine games in a row after that four five and one stretch it was like they went like 19 four and one in the next two months or something insane so they were pretty good after their last four five and one stretch put it that way yeah i just i just think we're gonna see and some of this hinges on nazem kadri being healthy uh, enough to play tomorrow for sure even even at a 70 percent nazem kadri you should be like fine nashville's not deep enough that they could turn like Colorado could hunt uh, a cadre line like against like their fourth line, mm-hmm. knowing that 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 Nas is compromised a little bit, and go from there and and like give them a, a different look until he feels a hundred percent. But I I just think that they're gonna we've seen them come out on on home ice and just be dominant this year, just dominant and. They have they this is the healthiest they've been all season. They and I keep stressing this. 
We have yet to see a single game one this year, not one game with their top to bottom lineup. And it's going to be game one tomorrow against Nashville with their backup goaltender. Like, I'm sorry, but this has all all the makings of them getting absolutely freaking bodied tomorrow. And then I think game two gets a lot more competitive from there, but I think there's going to be some shell shock. And I, I just, it feels, it feels like it's that recipe for them just getting run through the, the Preds just getting run through and then adjusting from there. I also don't think John Hines is a very good coach. So I think he's about to get bodied too. Fire off, AJ. Let's go. Yeah, uh, I mean, I I haven't thought John Hines was a good coach his entire. I, his I entire don't agree with you. Yeah. He hasn't really done a whole lot anywhere. Yeah, it, he's he is setting up to be the successor to the Paul Maurice. How does this guy? How is this guy <laughs> been thirteen years and he's gone to the playoffs three times? And you're just like, what is going on here? So I'm. I don't think John Hines is a very good coach, and I think he's. I think Homie's about to get worked. And I. I think this is going to be a short series, and I think it's going to be a cathartic series because you. You get to like that. The, these teams have met in the postseason once. Yep. So, you know, it's you funny, want to back. And 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 I'm probably reading way too much into this. But like, I'm just sitting here watching this practice. And, you know, we were talking earlier about, like, the standards that the Avs have set for themselves. Nashville didn't practice yesterday, so this is their first playoff practice. And it's just – it's interesting to me. There are a lot of guys who are going through drills standing upright. They just – from the sound, from the background sound of it, they sound like they're kind of dicking around. Yeah. I mean, like, like it's it's all just, like, really, really – not even like loose, but just like very casual. And this is just not at all how the abs practices looked the last two days. I mean, it was intense, crisp passes, skating at full speed, you know, taking, you know, taking hard shots. Uh, and I mean, like, you know, it's it just, it's just very different. And so this is just kind of more to your point where it'll be curious to see how both these teams come prepared tomorrow. Uh-oh. We made it, guys. We're big time. We got the porn bots. Man. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, do, I do also think, though, that there's – it will speak to – like, Nashville has no expectations. Like, you have, right. like, statistical models from the athletic. Like, oh, they have an 8% chance to win the series. Like, nobody is picking them outside of Nashville. Nobody believes in them. They have They have all the reason in the world to be loose about this, right? They have no pressure. They get to go out and just play hockey and whatever will be, will be. So they, they get to, they get to kind of act that way. They get to just goof around and have a good old time because nobody thinks they're going to go anywhere. And I think that they're right. They're not going to go anywhere. Uh, Not playoff related, but Drew did bring it up. The Avs did sign Lil Z today uh, to bring their grand total of professional defensive prospects up to one. Come on, Nate Corman makes it too. Oh, come on. You can't count him as a prospect. AJ, can I'm you? Counting him. AJ, is this the kid that they took at the draft in Dallas? Um, I don't remember. Let me who, see. Who was that kid? It was, a, it was a little Russian defensive kid, and we couldn't pronounce his last name. Then it's probably him. Because I, I mean, just there don't was, remember. There was what the forward was. that was Freerev. 
Oh, yeah. Is that what it was? If you're talking uh, no. about names, I can't pronounce. This, this was the Dallas draft. Yeah, he was okay. 2018. It was Danila Zhiravalov. Because I, I remember you and I were the ones that were like doing those post-game pods back at the Airbnb. We're like, we're not even going to try to say this kid's name. We're just going to call him Little Z. Yep. So, all right. That was what I thought. Yep. Cool. Good for him. Yeah. So, yeah. Little Z, Little Z and Nate Clerman, and we'll see how it goes with Little Z. His career has been kind of – It's been weird. It's been it's been all over the place in Russia. He it was uh he's okay. And then he had a really good year and you're like, "Oh, he might be a stud." And then it was like, "Ah, oh, he's okay." Like, we'll see. He doesn't he doesn't have great size uh and he's not he doesn't have like a an overwhelming skill. We'll just we'll see how this goes. This I mean, is the fact probably that Eagles though. I would think certainly Eagles, which the fact that he signed it all I think is a win. You get you get to just give it a try on North American ice. Yeah, definitely. Go from there. Yep, I I agree, and we'll we'll see. But this this means that they also have they're down to two prospects on yep. defense that are I not mean, in pro hockey. One of them's really good, though. Yeah, and Sean, like Sean Barron's is a stud, and we're all excited for that. And we have an exclusive piece that Megan is working on that will be out at some point this week. Um, and then like. But, Nick Lieberman probably won't be part of the organization. I think I I looked in. I think I think his rights are going to extend the extra year. Oh, oh, is he going to take the super senior year? Is yeah. that the okay. And I think I think because of that, they'll keep his rights for that. But I have not. Not a hundred percent. Based on my reading of things in similar situations, that's what I what I believe. But we'll we'll see. Totally August messing everything up. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll we'll see there, but it, it it was cool, and it's it's just too hard right now to make much of how, what this means. I'm I, much more excited that Oscar Olison lost in the middle of our podcast last night, which we talked well, about on the show. Join him, the Eagles and him joining the Eagles, and then everybody acted like it was big news today when he got assigned to the Eagles, and I was just like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, any any final thoughts? Any other things you guys wanted to add to the to the playoff series? I'm very cold. Yeah, go go warm up, and <laughs> yeah. then uh, we'll we'll see. Uh, Jesse, go get warm. I'm going to be watching Toronto Tampa tonight. I don't know what yeah. everyone else is going to watch. But yeah, that's that's priority. Yeah, yeah. I uh, did. I did think on the pod yesterday that Jesse and I did. Um, it might have been the preview. I don't know. We did a lot of talking yesterday. It, it was a lot. Jesse mentioned that he will be catching the end of Edmonton, yeah. LA on a consistent basis. And then yeah. I looked at the schedule tonight and I was like, how about that? <laughs> catching the end of Edmonton, LA. <laughs> well, how about that? Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I plan on catching uh, at least a bit of all four games tonight. The, and they I mean, set up so that you can kind of pop around the way that you yeah know. get the intermission split. Yeah, yeah, yeah. multiple screens. Uh, and you know what, Michael? I'm wearing a hoodie and a vest. This press box is just freezing. AJ can <laughs> AJ can vouch for me on this. Multiple layers. Even I have to layer it up in that press box. It is very cold up there. And there's just like a constant breeze. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know where it's coming I- from. Also, uh, if you need to warm up, we have two new shirts that we just dropped that you guys can wear at the same time. Double shirt it. To try and stay warm. Buy one that's too big. Bam. Could be nasty on the inside and then howler on the outside. There you go. 
easy life. Uh, okay. Like we just described Kira. <laughs> uh, we're going to get out of here. I am excited for this weekend. First round is always amazing when you just wake up and watch hockey literally the entire day. So looking forward to that should be fun. Uh, other than that, we're going to get out of here. We appreciate all y'all hanging out. Go watch all of our other previews and stuff. We got a, a million dollars of content. It's roughly a million dollars worth of content. I just made that up, but go, uh, go watch it all. We love all of you. And we will talk to you pregame before game number one. You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you oughta, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmar, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom... Come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team. We'll talk about your least favorite team and everybody in between. And we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network.